Welcome to the Wheelhouse Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian, and I'm back with Andrew. Andrew, what's up? It's hot. It's, it's hot. It's hot off yeah. air. We just talked it, about how hot it is. Yeah, it's all it's all hot. But it's it's it I think it's good though, because I mean it's just the sweltering end to the summer. So it's kind of like the last hurrah. And then we're moving on to what we really came here to talk about today. So I'm excited. Andrew, it's Labor Day, September 5th. 2020 we are just three days away from uh opening of the regular season of the nfl 2022 regular season uh i'm really excited to be back uh unfortunately i haven't really spent as much time as i usually do in the off season on football but uh i'm really glad that we're uh we're back at it and in the spirit of uh, al pacino we're gambling again <laughs> let's go so uh we're, we're, we're not going to do any fancy thrills or anything. We're going to do just like we did a year ago. Just start with the week one lines. We're going to go through it. Uh, but we're going to add a little bit to it this year. So we've been uh, over the summer. We've been talking about our uh, our awards we want to do at the uh, at the conclusion of each week. So we obviously won't do it because we haven't had any regular season games yet. But uh, starting with the next pod, we'll have a couple of new awards. So I'll kind of introduce the first one. We can kind of ping back and forth. If you have that list in front of you, we'll just kind of go I through. Do. Perfect. We'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll go through it real quick. So we'll start with our, our first and our favorite, you know, near and dear to our heart, the Joe Harris Award. And uh, what is this award? It's surprising competence. Um, the origin is, is, especially if you've been listening to us, you know, every episode, we may have hinted at this before. There's a there's an infamous uh, podcast where. Uh, Ryan Rosillo, I don't know which pod it was on, but he was talking about Joe Harris and he was in Providence or Cape Cod or some random place eating a sandwich. And he's uh, watching. He's like, man, this guy can do some things. And he wasn't trying to say it in a hilarious way, but it just struck you and I both as just hilarious, like unintentional comedy. So we just thought, what a great award for unintentional competence, right? Unintentional competence. Mm -hmm. So that's our first award, the Joe Harris Award. What's the next one, Andrew? Yeah. Um, I want to also give some context real quick. Uh, Joe Harris is, uh, well, is a small forward who plays for the Brooklyn Nets. So um, the whole thing about it was that like the Nets had all these other superstar players like Durant and Kyrie. And at the time they had Harden and all this stuff. And it was just kind of funny because Joe Harris was just kind of a role player and you weren't really sure what to make of him. And then he would like have surprising amount of like uh, playmaking or confidence. And yeah, that line just kind of really struck me. Also, funny enough, his birthday's tomorrow. So this hey! is actually a good timing for him. So there you go. Very happy ha- early birthday to Joe Harris. So happy birthday, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the award show, Joe. Um, yeah. So for uh, our next one, we have the uh, basically we have the Mike Glennon award, which, uh, Mike Glennon, who I'm sure you're very familiar with, obviously being on the Raiders roster, uh, tall, long giraffe neck, like quarterback, Whole lot of neck. Around. a lot of neck, a lot of neck. Um, this award is for a guy for who we are kind of baffled as to how he's still in the league and how he managed to hang around for so long and also get paid for being around so long. Uh, Mike Lennon falls into that category. I especially felt that way. He played for the Giants last year and played significant time in a game against us, against the Chargers. And uh, I was just kind of befuddled that he was still in the game and still in the league. So, yeah, this is the Mike Lennon Award. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this next award mm-hmm. was actually uh, came from you. So why don't you give us the next award? 
Sure. Um, so this is the the Bold Strategy Cotton Award. So this is in reference to uh, a quote during the movie Dodgeball, um, in which I think it was uh, was it uh, was it Jason Bateman? It is um, Jason Bateman's character. Yeah. Yeah. It was Jason Bateman's character during the commentary during the tournament, and um, it was when um, Vince Vaughn's character put on the uh, the blindfold. Right. Pe- Pepper and he Brooks. put on the blindfold. It's yeah. Pepper Brooks. Pepper Brooks. And he put and he put on the and he put on the blindfold in order to play the, the final round. And <laughs> Jason Bateman's character is like, well, that's a bold strategy. Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. And uh, <laughs> basically, it's a team with a surprising strategy that actually ends up winning, uh, that actually ends up being a good thing. So it's something that you wouldn't expect but ends up benefiting the team in the, uh, in winning the game. So that's uh, another award that I put together. It's a, it's, it's a regular quote. I, I mean, I use this like verbatim in my daily life, like almost yeah. every, every day. So it's, it's very appropriate. I think for the spirit of this podcast. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, this one is, is a little bit of a personal <laughs> favorite. Uh, it's the cowboy Joe West award. And, uh, what is it? It's the worst call by a referee that week. So, you know, the zebras, they always find a way to fuck it up. And as, you know, we talked about last year, there's a couple of ways to really evaluate a team. And we'll, we'll go into this when we go over our lines for the week. But we should always look at QB matchups, coaching staff matchups, offensive defensive line matchups, and who's refing the game. It can mm-hmm. swing game. So, I mean, infamously, the Raiders basically won a game based off of penalties on Thanksgiving Day against the uh, Cowboys. So, you know, in honor of, of Cowboy Joe West, who just retired, uh, we wanted to honor him with an award uh, to uh, remember him as a terrible, terrible umpire. So mm-hmm. that's that's a Cowboy Joe West award. Uh, yeah. Well, um, uh, uh, go ahead. Also in spirit of that, I wanted to just add on real quick. Um, if you ever want to get yourself in the mood of this, go follow um, Ump Job at, on Twitter, uh, also called Welcome to the Ump Show, if you really want to spice yourself up and watch some just, <laughs> just deliciously wonderful bad uh, positioning by umpires in baseball, that'll really get you in the mood for this award. <laughs> uh, I'm, hopefully we get a stare down this year like Cowboy Joe West and uh, Bumgartner. If we're so lucky. <laughs> All right. Next award, the Anthony Lynn Express Award. What is it? Worst game management blunder of the week. Well, our guy, Anthony Lynn, he's no longer a head coach, unfortunately, so we can't gamble against him. But uh, maybe we'll find a new Anthony Lynn this year who just has terrible game management, and we can we can bet against it, Andrew. Yeah, this is this is such an easy one for me. I mean, I've 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 seen coaches that I've basically I use him as a point of reference now. I say this is such an Anthony Lynn esque move. Like that's something that I use regularly. I used it for a couple of coaches in the USFL this year. I was like, oh my god, this is just giving me shades of Lynn. Um, it's PTSD from <laughs> it's, it's PTSD. <laughs> it's shades of Lynn. It's PTSD for the for the masses. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm. I'm 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 glad this is on the list, but also just, you know, not looking forward to handing this out every week. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, in the vein of uh, of uh, the USFL? Why don't you give us our next guy or our next? Oh, award? boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, this was actually inspired partially because of the USFL and partially because of my friend, um, the Jeff Fisher football guy award. Uh, Jeff Fisher, obviously longtime Titans coach and Rams coach in the NFL known for being a middling eight and eight coach, a guy just who, or seven to nine, just always kinds of finds his way into trouble in games. And that was no different in the USFL. I mean, he lost games that only he could lose. And my, uh, my, my, one of my cohorts, 
had a picture of him with his backwards cap on and his profile picture. And he was just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, Jeff Fisher, football guy. And I regularly <laughs> would quote that every time they blew a game, I was like, Jeff Fisher, football guy. Um, this is the award is for most lackluster performance of the week. So, uh, yeah, very, I'm, I'm glad to see that spirit has revived itself this year. Andrew, I'm not going fucking eight and eight again. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No, you're, you're going, going seven and to nine. Eight. You're going seven to nine. Yeah, <laughs> you're going seven to nine. Or, oh man, I think I think I think everyone was prepared for them to go five and five. Uh, they did not decidedly <laughs> go five and nine. I think they went two and eight this year, if I'm mistaken. Uh, it was very very porous performance by the Michigan Panthers. Yeah, mm-hmm. two and eight. It, it just it was um yeah not even close. But yeah, <laughs> um yeah so. Yeah, those are our awards. I'm really excited for all of them and uh, looking forward to everyone being mortified while we hand them out to, oh, yeah. every, to various various participants this year. Oh, can't wait. I really cannot wait to hand out these awards this year. And we're still workshopping a couple of other ideas, but those are the ones we're, we're, we're steadfast on. We're going to keep them. So we look forward mm-hmm. to that next week. Uh, Andrew, let's get back into it. NFL Week 1 lines. And this year we're going by betnow.eu for our spreads let's start with the chris berman primetime block thursday night first game of the regular season bills at rams bills minus two and a half over under 52 and a half what do you got uh this is excellent scheduling i love this matchup right off the bat um look i well first of all i i think i'm going with the bills in this game i usually take the home team, when you come off a of Super Bowl, you play at home, you have a lot of energy, you have a lot of emotion, you're celebrating and all that. I believe in this Bills team. I really do. I think this is their year to really make a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, they got just just had a horrendous end of the year last year with the way that it ended in regulation against, um, well, in overtime, I should say, against the Chiefs. But the way they gave up points in regulation to kind of let that happen against the Chiefs in the playoffs. But, um, no, I, I really feel them this year. And... I, I think this is the start of their campaign. I think this is going to be a shootout. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. going to be so many points. I think Stanford is fine. I think he's going to be there and okay. I think his neck's going to be okay. Uh, they have plenty of weapons there. Uh, Allen Robinson's going to play in this game. I'm really, really excited to see him as a Ram. I'm super happy for him that he's on this team. But uh, th- I think I think this is going to be a big test for the Rams, and I think the Bills are just going to come out with so much energy uh, in the, out of the gate that I think they're going to take this game straight up. And then also I believe in my opinion, I think they're going to hit the over, which is at 52 and a half, as you mentioned. Yeah. Strong over, I think for both of us, I think this is the beginning of the road to the Super Bowl for the bills here. They're, they're on a mission here. And I think this is a tough game for the Rams because they don't really have anything to prove, right? They they're coming off a Super Bowl victory. Um, there's a lot of potential for hangover this year. I know they're working through a lot of injuries and a lot of guys left the team. So I think this will be a tough test. So I'll look for to see how resilient they are in this game. But I fully expect the Bills to win outright, like you said, and, and to cover. Uh, and I expect a lot of points. Definitely yeah. way heavy over that, that, uh, that over-under. So I, I'm in agreement. Uh, let's go ahead and move to one of the trickier games, but also I think one of the most intriguing games of the, of the, uh, of the weekend coming weekend Patriots at dolphins, dolphins minus three over under 46 and a half. What do you got here? Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the more twisted matchups of the Mm -hmm. opening week. I, I, 
look, if Brian Flores was still on the Dolphins staff, I would say absolutely this would be a ugly, ugly game. It would be like, I don't know, 17 to 13 or something. But I, I think in the case of this game, that over-under is just so tricky. I still take the under. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this Patriots offense. None of us know what's going to look like. It's going to be an absolute mystery coming out of the gate. Uh, Patriots don't play well against the Dolphins traditionally, Tom Brady or not. They just do not play well against that team. Mm -hmm. And playing in Miami sucks, especially, I mean, this first week in Miami. Yeah, yeah, early September, Miami is disgusting. So I I think for them, that's going to be, that's going to be rough. I, I, I feeling the Dolphins on this one, I'm not super confident as far as, you know, the whole Tua thing and all that, but I like Mike McDaniel and I think they'll have a plan for this game. I just, it's a, it's always a tough draw. Whatever cosmic reasoning, this Patriots team just does not play well in Miami. I could see this being a low scoring game. Like I said, still under, but I think the Dolphins win, in my opinion, it's just not going to be very pretty. So I like the Patriots to win and cover here, but for some, for some odd reasons. So I think the Patriots defense is a horrible matchup for the Dolphins. Belichick, you know, he's got a great record against rookie QBs and rookie head coaches. I I was Googling last night to see if I could find if someone had compiled a stat of that. But I think you need one of those advanced uh, data um, websites where you got to pay to get the data right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't have that. But I did find that the Dolphins under Flores covered four out of six times in the last three seasons. That's under Flores. I think that's unique to Flores. Belichick's record against rookie head coaches is unique to him as well. Back in 2011, I did, or sorry, 2015, I did find a tweet that from Gal, from Gil Brandt, uh, famous uh, front office man for the Cowboys back in the day. Belichick up till 2011, I believe the stat was, was 11 and three against rookie head coaches. So he has a history of just destroying rookie head coaches. Now the problem for the Patriots is we don't really know what to expect from that offense. I expect not good things. Uh, It's going to be a work in progress for the first four games, but this is the Patriots, right? Usually September is a rough month for them. And then they start building upon that right now. Mm -hmm. I am not a believer in that quarterback and I'm not a believer in a rookie head coach against Belichick. So I'll go ahead and take the Patriots here to win and cover. Uh, but I like the under as well, like you said. Heavy under on that on this one. Yeah, I think this is just going to be an ugly game. Yeah. Um, and I can also see the Patriots pulling this out. I, I think the Dolphins ha- have enough. But, like, again, I don't know. This is going to be – there's going to be a lot of mistakes in this game, I think. I think there's going to be some t- – bad turnovers in this game it's gonna be a lot of ugly offense a lot of ugly yeah yeah let's let's move on to a a little bit of a sexier game eagles at lions eagles minus four over under 48 and a half what do you got Uh, look maybe i'm drinking the hard knocks kool-aid but i really like the lions man uh (laughs) in fact i actually want to tell you i have something saved for you at the end of the show that i want to tell you about in regards to them but um i like this team a lot. And I think they're going to actually be able to hold their own. I look, the Eagles are completely loaded at a lot of different positions. They have a ton of talent. I really like a lot of things they did in the off season, Howie Roseman uh, doing his magic again. I just, you know, for me, this is tough going into this game against the lions. I don't know if the lions have a lot figured out on their offense in terms of their personnel, but 
I have this weird feeling that they're going to win. I don't know why, but like they're just going to have a lot of emotional energy on on day one. Uh, I think they're going to be able to pull this out. And again, are the Eagles a better roster? Yes. Would I think the Eagles win this matchup like five weeks later? Absolutely. Something about opening day just doesn't ring well with me. And I think that the Lions are going to be able to pull this off. Yeah, uh, I'm in agreement here. I think this is the upset of the weekend. I, I would go ahead and put your money on Lions win and cover. I like the under here. I think both defenses are going to be pretty tough. I think Hertz is going to struggle and it'll be, uh, you know, first take uh, big story on Monday morning. <laughs> you know, the Jalen Hurts struggles. I just I see it already. Uh, yeah. It'll be on all the talk shows. Uh, but I think the most interesting thing about this game is going to be the Lions offensive line versus the Eagles defensive line. I, I think this is going to be really, really, really enthralling to watch if you're into that kind of thing, which you and I are. We think it's very fundamental to this game and how you win. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the Lions offense is the thing that would make you swing the other way, right? But I, they just seem they seem tenacious, and I think they're going to be shot out of the cannon in game one and probably come back to earth in week two, right? But mm-hmm. this is just a tenacious team, and they have an identity – and to me, the Eagles identity right now is just a lot of talent, but nothing else. I think the Lions identity is just tenacious, hard nose, just, you know, tough like their head coach. Right. There's an identity there. And I just think it's going to be strong in week one. So I, I like this one. I think it'll be a great uh, it'll be a great uh, upset of the week. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's go to uh, let's go to our favorite two teams. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers minus three over under 52. What do you have? This is such such a tricky matchup. I thought about going to this game personally. I decided not to because I think it's going to be like a Raider home game. Um, so for that matter, <laughs> look, I man, I'm, I'm taking the over because I think there's a lot of points that are going to be scored. But oh, yeah, look, I, there's going to be like this is I mean, this is prime time like offensive firepower fireworks in the first game. I'm, I am extremely curious to see how this Chargers defense has reshaped itself, obviously with the new additions that they've made along, you know, with Khalil Mack, Sebastian, Joseph day, Austin Johnson, bunch, you know, JC Jackson, who may probably is not going to play in this game because of his ankle surgery. So that is a factor. JC Jackson not being in there early on is going to hurt, especially not having that matchup against Devonte Adams, who now we right. have to worry about right. on the other side. Um, look, this is a tricky game to pick. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to go with the Raiders on this one because I think what's going to happen is I think the Chargers are going to split their first two games, which I guess is already spoiler for next week. <laughs> but if that's the case, I, I feel better about the Chargers going into Kansas city next week than I do about them playing at home against the Raiders. I don't know what it is, but like, this is just a weird matchup to have off right off the bat. Like if they were playing a non-division opponent, yeah, I think they win that game, but they're playing a division game, and I think the Raiders are feeling are, are probably feeling a lot of mojo coming out of the offseason. And I know the – I mean, look, I know the Chargers are probably extremely pissed off about the way that the game – how the season ended in Las Vegas last year. I get it. I think for me, it just it's a tough matchup. I think they're figuring out a lot of their pieces. I think this team's going to be good. I think they need to figure out – what their identity is on the defensive side first. And I think it's going to take them a few weeks. So I could see the Raiders jumping out on top of them early on and kind of like figuring it out, having it more figured out in the early going. So yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a trader, but I'm going to take the Raiders and I'm all sticking the over. 
I think this is a difficult match for the Chargers, not for the Raiders, and here's why. It's always difficult to face a brand-new coaching staff, I think, especially with a team that on paper has a lot of good players on it, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of difficult because you don't really know what you're – I don't think they really know what to expect. Uh, McDaniels is totally different from Gruden. Um, So that's number one. I think number two, the Raiders really need these wins early because they have one of the toughest schedules in the entire NFL season. But their first five weeks are really, really tough. You got to play Herbert, Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray, Tennessee, Russell Wilson, and KC. And then you have a bye. That is brutal. That is one of the yeah. that's probably the toughest schedule in the first five weeks of any other team in the NFL. After that, it starts easing up a little bit. The Raiders get Houston, New Orleans, and Jacksonville. And then it gets a little harder again. But that first five week is is brutal. So the Raiders really, really need this. I mean, obviously the Chargers do too. It's a division game. But the Raiders really need a strong start here because they you don't want to go into Tennessee, you know, one, you know, zero and two. That's really, really brutal. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think the Raiders have a lot to lose here if they don't get off strong. Um, but I also think they have a little bit of the element of surprise, right? We really don't know what the McDaniel's regime is going to look like. Everybody in that staff is brand, brand new. Um, so it'll be it'll be an interesting one. And also, here's the other thing: Chargers are way better on the road. So if you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna pick off of <laughs> if you're gonna pick off of you know some of these tendencies next week you know in KC perfect time probably to pick the Chargers to to cover right so I'm going Raiders with you as well and I love the over here I think this is gonna be a, a sixty point affair uh, potentially yeah keep in mind also that KC game is on Thursday that's the first Thursday night game of the mm-hmm. season so they also have to keep they have to prepare for that as well so it's going to be a, a really it's such a tricky turnaround with those two division opponents back to back the two playoff teams teams that have improved you know the Raiders improving themselves offensively that's such such a tough draw I don't like I definitely don't see the team going two and0 out of that but I I do think they play better in KC and I also think that the Raiders just, I mean, they they have a lot of mojo going for them, like I said, and I, I think I told you this yesterday off off um, off the pod, but I also believe that it's going to be tough to figure out their right side of their offensive line with um, Zion Johnson as their rookie guard. He's really good in the run game. He's still figuring out pass game. Trey Pipkins is your new right tackle. He's not Storm Norton. <laughs> and I still think Max Crosby, <laughs> thank God. But still, that's a good matchup for Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. I think that's going to be something that they're going to have to monitor and see what happens. Yeah. So with if, if you have that matchup, that's I, you are going to get some supreme pass rushing talent in this game. I'll say that. Like both, I mean, Mac and Bost are going to be headhunting Carr, and Crosby and Jones, Chandler Jones are going to be running after Herbert. So yep. it's going to be very interesting. But. I think both secondaries are going to have a little bit of transition, and I think that's where you're going to see the points. So, yeah, but I think I think the Raiders in that case. Last point for me is I'm going to be really interested in seeing how well the Chargers run defense has improved because McDaniel's loves mm-hmm. to run the ball, um, and we mm-hmm. drafted a couple of running backs that I'm excited about, and these are more bruiser type backs than the nifty Josh Jacob type back. So it'll be interesting to see if they've been able to to sure up that defense. All right, moving on to the NFC North. Sunday, Packers at Vikes. Packers minus one and a half over under f- over under 48. What do you got? 
Oh man. So, um, I, I, this is, this is a tricky matchup. I, Mm I, I, I almost want to pick the Vikings um, because I I I really am starting to get behind the Kevin O'Connell hype, not just because he's an alumni that we share that with him, but uh, we like I, I think for me it's tough because the Packers still have you know they they have this whole thing about the whole offseason was Rodgers the whole off you know trying to move on from just the absolute devastation they had in the playoffs. I think for the Packers this is a statement game that they need to make because they want to be able to expose, like be able to assert their dominance over this team. Aaron Rodgers typically plays extremely well, um, at, especially in the Viking stadium. He played outstanding there. Um, the last two times I could see him doing the same thing here, even though you have to keep in mind, obviously they have a new receiving core. Obviously, you know, Romeo Dobbs is a big guy who's had a lot of hype. Alan Lazard is going to be in a bigger role. They're going to be kind of transitioning there, but I think they're going to lean on their run game. I think, I think Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon are really the biggest parts here. I, I can't quite pick the Vikings. I really want to, but I got to take the Packers to cover and, Oh man. I have to, I'm going to say slight over, like it's going to be like 49 points combined. Like it's so close, but I'm going to say slight over, but that's, that's how I'm feeling so far. I, I, I like the heavy over here and I thought a lot about this. I, again, the Vikings are really, really intriguing, but I'll take the Packers here. One, you know, let's not forget the Packers have owned the Vikings our entire lives. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's start there. Second, I think last year Rodgers proved even with off season bullshit, you know, off field bullshit, you know, he still won an MVP last year. None of that matters. So let's throw that away. Now, when this matchup happens again later in the year, let's look real carefully at how the Vikings have been doing at that point. They might have a rookie head coach, but at least their offense has a fucking pulse now, <laughs> but their mm-hmm. defense is still a problem. But this is this is something just to watch, and I think as we get later in the season they, and they play each other again, we're going to have to be real mindful how they look then because I think they're going to be better the second time around. But first time around, give me the Packers. Yeah. Um, let's go to Sunday night. Bucks at Cowboys. Bucks minus one and a half over under 50. Who do you like here? <sighs> wow. So this is kind of a reversal of last year. Um, you know what? I am still taking the bucks in this one. I know there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with Brady and his whole thing going on in the off season. Obviously they've, you know, moved some pieces around. They're not going to have certain receivers available, but I don't know. I feel like their defense is going to cause trouble for the Cowboys. Like, I feel like they're going to, they're going to harass Dak and they're going to cause some problems for him. I really am so worried about Tyron Smith not being there. My God, like Mm -hmm. that, that is such a big hole for me. I'm, I, I think they're going to just make life miserable for Dak. Um, what is going to be interesting seeing uh, how the offense now changes a little bit because I think Michael Gallup is not going to be available um, potentially as well. You're going to might so you might see that guy from the USFL, Cavante Turpin. You mm-hmm. might see him in a pretty big role. Like he's going to return kicks and he might be on offense a lot. That's going to be really cool for them. But I don't know. I, I just don't see this being a game that the Cowboys are going to win at home in the first game. I think that's a tough matchup. I feel like this Bucks team is going to be confident. We'll see as far as like, you know, obviously Bruce Arians not being in the, in the head position anymore and all that. But I think 
I, I really like Todd Bowles. I think he's going to do a great job game planning for this game. And I'm going to take the Bucks cover. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say under, actually. I'm going to say there's oh. a lot more defense in this game that people want. That's okay. my feeling. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have stark opposition. I like the Cowboys to win mm-hmm. and cover, and I like the over here. So I don't think we're having this discussion really if Tyron Smith was out. I think the primary problem is this left tackle issue with the Cowboys, right? And I think a lot of uh-huh. people are overreacting to, and don't get me wrong, he is a significant loss. No bones about it. But they have had, they, he's been in and out of the lineup a lot over the last few mm-hmm. years. So I don't think this is new. Now they, they drafted this rookie, Tyler Smith, and he'll be the starter on left tackle. So he'll face Akeem Hicks, veteran Great defensive tackle. Awesome. Now, this seems like a mismatch on paper. I suspect the Cowboys know this too. So I'm sure they're going to accommodate the rookie and and slide to his edge, right, to help him out. So we're going to see a lot of, of lot of that. Now, the one thing I'll, I'll say that I've read in my research is Smith has done pretty well in run blocking this preseason. And mm-hmm. I keep hearing how great Zeke is, best shape in his life and all this shit. I expect them to try very hard to establish the run. If they're going to average, you know, three or more yards per run, the Bucks are going to have to play the run and respect it, right? Now this opens up play action, and I think that's in Dallas's advantage, and they're playing at home. The other thing that really concerns me is the Bucks have way more injuries and issues than the Cowboys do right now. They have way more things, I think, that they have to deal with. I think it's going to be a little slow for the Bucks. I still suspect they'll win their division. They'll still be one of the higher seeds in the NFC when it comes to the playoff picture. I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough start in the beginning for them. I think they're they're going to have to work through some things. But I agree with you. I I think the the coaching change is actually an upgrade. I I like uh, Todd Bowles a lot. Uh, but I think the first four weeks of the season is going to be a little rough for the Bucks. How would I put this? I wish we had a category for this. I call this uh, the weekly tabloid game because <laughs> it's all it, like it's just going to be like, oh, the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and all this and Tom Brady. Where was he on his vacation? What's going on with it? Like it's going to be just such drama rama. Oh, yeah. The entire like the whole game. So I'm going to try and focus as much as I can on the football. But that's going to be such a backdrop to everything. Oh, yeah. and you're right. The injuries are the injuries are a big part of it, though. You're right. That doesn't get talked about enough. I, I will agree with you on that. That point. Yeah, I think the Bucks have a lot to work through in the first four weeks, but I still fully expect them to be uh, a contender in the playoffs. So uh, don't mm-hmm. let that don't let that uh, don't let this week one fool you. All mm-hmm. right, let's move on to our next category: the Phil Sims bland bananas or the barely watchables. Sunday Saints at Falcons. Falcons minus five and a half over under forty two and a half. What you got? <sighs> I, I want to believe in Mariota so bad, but I, the Saints team, I, I, I want to, man. I love him, but man, this is going to be a rough outing. I think the Saints are defensively are really loaded. Yep. Um, the trade with uh, Gardner Johnson was weird. I don't get that, but you know maybe he just didn't fit in with their scheme. Obviously, Dennis Allen is very defensive-minded. Uh, they typically play very well against the Falcons, and so I think this is going to be a really good win for for the Saints. I'm taking, I'm taking the under. Um, I mean, look, I, the Falcons have Kyle Pitts and maybe they're going to have Drake London in this game. I don't know. They're kind of, they're also a little banged up on their receiving core. So I think it's going to be a bit of a rough outing in Mercedes Benz dome for them. So I'm, I'm definitely with the saints on this. 
Yeah, I like the Saints to cover here, and I like that under for sure. It definitely feels mm. like the Saints are going to, you know, manage their way to 9-8 and eight again and potentially hustle their way into the playoffs. I think this year it'll be a little bit easier for them to get the playoffs too, by the way, um, at 9-8. Mm. and eight. So I like the Saints here as well. Uh, Steelers at Bengals. Bengals minus 6.5, over under 44. What do you got? So... Um Look, this Steelers team, like you're saying about nine and eight, the Steelers team's going to somehow find a way to go nine and eight this year. Uh, mm-hmm. That that mission will not start today I, on this game. I think they're going to <laughs> lose this game. This is this is not this is not the coronation yeah. of of Tomlin's talents because no. I think that the Bengals have an incredible offense. I'm really really excited to see them get back out there and score again. I I do worry about the whole Super Bowl hangover aspect of it. I mean it. it, it Traditionally, when the, you lose the Super Bowl, good things do not happen. Right. Um, but I believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. I believe in this offense. I think they're going to look really good for week one. And I don't know. I mean, Mitch is probably going to try out there for the Steelers. So I don't see them putting up a lot of points in this game. Right. I got I got Bengals covering it over. Yeah, I love the Bengals here and the over. Um, I agree with you. I think the Bengals got better and they had a really good off season. They shored up their guys that they needed to shore up with new contracts. They added some guys. I, I think they're better. I expect them to have a better season. Now they do have a tougher schedule, but I think they're a far more seasoned team after their experiences of last year. And I expect them to be just as good, if not better than last year. Now in this matchup, I think it's going to, be you know fairly smooth for Cincy. I mean, it's still a division rival. It's going to be a tough game for them, but they'll win this one. Now, when they play again in Week 11, and I'm going to call it now, and Kenny Pickett starting, it's going to get real tricky there. Mm. That guy, I think, is not like Roethlisberger his rookie year, but he's a bit of a gamer. Like he seems like he's better, you know, as the game goes on, right? As he plays more, so I I think he'll be the starter by the end of the season. I think he'll win that job. Mitch will play himself out of a job. Um, but not in week one. Week one, I, I see the Bengals taking care of business here. Um, mm-hmm. But look out for week 11. All right. <laughs> I'll last, put it in my calendar. <laughs> put it in the calendar. Uh, all right. Phil Sims' last uh, special here for you. Chiefs at Cardinals. Chiefs minus four and a half over under 53 and a half. What do you got? Uh, this is an intriguing matchup. Obviously, it sucks that DeAndre Hopkins is not there for the Cardinals. I still think that this team has a lot of potential to score points. I do see this game going over. I actually think the Cardinals cover, but I don't think they win. I think the Chiefs are just too well prepared and are going to be able to get a get a victory. Maybe like you know be up by three and then kind of run the clock out, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be fine. I just don't see the Cardinals having enough firepower um, to deal with whatever the chiefs have coming into the building with. And I, I'm well, I mean, this is going to be really interesting for the chiefs. I mean, this is the post Tyreek Hill chiefs. So let's see what kind of explosiveness they have on offense, but I think they'll be fine this week. So I, I take them to at least win, but I think the Cardinals cover. I think this could be a really interesting first half gambling opportunity where I think the Cardinals stay in it in the first half, but I think the Chiefs turn on the turbo jets in the second half and just blow them out. They're awesome in the third quarter, right? That's historically what we've seen. I like the Chiefs to cover, and I love the over here. To me, the Cardinals still, they didn't solve any of their fundamental problems to me in this offseason. Kyler Murray still has homework. (laughs) 
<laughs> whether they took it out of his uh, supplemental clause or not. <laughs> you know, it's the toughest beat of the offseason that he literally got a homework clause. I mean, it was so bad mm-hmm. they had to walk it back, right? Mm-hmm. Hopkins is out for the first six weeks. This is the first half of the season type of team, right? They do most of their damage in the first half of the season. So you and, – and they have yet to prove that they can do anything without him, okay? So – I don't see that changing unless Hollywood Brown is just, you know, was just totally miscast in Baltimore. And that could be the case, but I don't see it right now. And I just can't get out that performance uh, that the Cardinals had, especially Murray in that, uh, in that game versus the Rams. It was just awful. It's hard to get that out of your head. So I like the chiefs here uh, through and through. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's hard to say I've seen a team less prepared for a playoff game before. That was that was something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how that changed in the offseason, Andrew. You know, I, I don't know how mm. that changed. So they have a lot to prove this season. Let's put it that way. All right, moving on to bridge to nowhere. Ravens at Jets. Ravens minus seven over under 44 and a half. What you got? Um, look, this should be a, a day for Lamar Jackson to show off his wares and hopefully prove why he's still special. Right. Uh, the Jets, the Jets have a lot of talent, especially on defense. I think they actually keep this close, and I think that the Jets actually cover. I don't trust their offense whatsoever, mm. but I do like the Ravens a lot in this matchup. I mean, they're they're just better coached, better better personnel, better quarterback. I think they have everything ready for this, but the Jets. I think they kind of hang around in this game. I don't know why I feel that way, um, mm. but I'm I'm feeling that I feel the Jets cover, and I guess I'm taking the under. I think it would have felt friskier about the Jets covering if Wilson was still playing. I have a I have a I had a feeling in the offseason that we would see him improve a little bit, you know, but mm-hmm. he's not going to play. We don't know when he's coming back, and I'm not really sure who the quarterback is if it's going to be Joe Flacco or. Uh, Mike White, I, and it doesn't really matter which one it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel good about it. I just think the Ravens. You just break it down on paper, personnel, coaching staff, just you know who the team has been historically. I just like the Ravens here. The Jets still the Jets until proven otherwise. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Browns at Panthers. This is kind of an exciting one. Panthers minus two and a half over under forty one and a half. What you got here? Uh, it's certainly spicy, isn't it? Um, look, I I really want Baker Mayfield to like throw two picks in this game and still win and then gloat afterwards. Like I so badly <laughs> want that to happen. I so want it to happen. Um, I don't know if he will because with Christian McCaffrey, you really don't have to do much. And this is, you know, probably one of like four weeks that McCaffrey's going to play. So take advantage of it while you can. Um, I, yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be weird for the Browns. Like, if I'm the Browns, I lean on Nick Chubb, man. Like, look, you I get Brissett. You have to. Like, you got it. You got to just run that guy into the ground. Now, that not like that. He's on my fantasy team or anything. Wink, wink. But um, like, I think you got to put him into the situation of getting it easier. You know, setting up easier opportunities for Jacoby Brissett because uh, this is going to be a weird time for the Browns, and I think they're going to get a lot of help from a lot of fans from on the road, even w- with or without Deshaun there. So I, I think this is going to be a big thing for them, but I see the rave, uh, the Panthers covering this game and uh, you know what? I'll take the over. I mean, 41 and a half is really low. I'll take the over. 
I, I like the Panthers to, to win and cover here, and I like the over as well. You know, I felt for a while the Panthers are just a competent quarterback away from being pretty decent. You mm-hmm. know, they have a lot of good things going for them. They have McCaffrey. They have uh, the name of the receiver escapes me right now. They, they have some good offensive talent. Their defense is pretty tough. But a quarterback has just been such a problem for them. And Baker is not a world beater by any means, but he is competent. He's the best mm-hmm. quarterback they've had in some time. So I suspect he'll make them competent. I don't think they're going to ask him to win games for them. And Panthers out of the gate with everybody healthy. I suspect we see a lot of offense from them, especially with a healthy McCaffrey. So I, I really like the Panthers to score a lot of points here and surprise people early. Um, the Browns, you know, I don't really know what to expect, but they're not going to be prolific in their passing game. And they're, everyone knows Nick Chubb is coming. Now, he will get his, but they all know it's coming. I suspect, Andrew, at the end of the year, we're going we're gonna to start talking about the, uh, the Cleveland Browns version of the Curse of the Bambino because this, this Deshaun Watson thing, and we'll talk about it in depth maybe some other day. I, I, they made a deal with the devil, as far as I'm concerned, and they're going to mm-hmm. pay for it. And I think it starts on Sunday. So we'll see what happens, but I like the Panthers here. Yeah. Moving on to the to the next one here. This was it's kind of sneaky fun actually. Jags at the Commandos, and I'm gonna call them the Commandos from now on. Jags at the Commandos. No, not the Commies, the Commandos. Because they're always playing without their underpants, just like uh, their owner. Commandos Uh, minus three over under forty four. Who'd you got? Um well, I, I expect the Jaguars to march into the worst stadium in the NFL and win. <laughs> and uh, FedEx Field? <laughs> the, 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 the sewage plant. And uh, go ahead and take over this game. Look, thank God Trevor Lawrence is, is back and is, you know, hopefully going to look better than he did last year. I can't put any of that on him last year. I really loved how he finished the year against the Colts. That game was like, okay, this is who he can be. He just needs to have a competent staff around him. Um I don't know, man. This might be, could this be an under? I don't know. 44 is such an evil number. I I think, like, I see Wentz just throwing picks left and right. I don't think this is going to be a good day for the commanders at all. But I think the Jaguars score enough points that it's going to go over. So I, I like them to win. And, you know, I, I'm excited to finally see, tra- finally see Travis Etienne. Thank God. Like, again, mm-hmm. finally get to hit, see him out on the field. That's a really big deal to me. And let's not forget they still have James Robinson. Like, I hate the fact right. that he keeps getting obscured. Like, I hate the fact that he always gets thrown into, like, basically thrown into the trash heap. And it's like, dude, this guy's this guy's good. Like, they just didn't use him last year because everybody was dumb. But I think the right. Dragons are going to be fine this game. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you. I, I'm actually uh, – I'm excited about the Jags. And and I think this is a great week one matchup for them to to win and cover. Look, Doug Peterson, he's not the greatest coach of all time or anything like that. I have mixed opinions about him, but he's going to bring their offense into the 21st century here, okay, and make them progressive and modern and make the most of what they have. They have some talent on offense. They have Trevor Lawrence. They have Etienne, you know, Robinson. They they got some things here. They can do some – there's some things to work with here, and I think it's exciting. I'm excited to watch them. Defense, definitely, Joe Harris, definitely Joe Harris Award contenders. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Joe Harris award contender. Like, you know, these guys could do some things, Andrew. Um, <laughs> but look, I, I'm excited about the Jags. Genuinely. I think their defense is going to be a work in progress, which is why I like that over. But at the end of the day, they're playing Carson Wentz. I mean, his delivery is about as good as FedEx trash. 
they have Rivera. I think that's not a good. I think he's a little. I think his time is over. I think he was good to bring in initially when they're trying to right the ship here. But I think going forward, um, I don't really see him as a as the future head coach for the Commandos. Uh, look, I just like the Jags here. I just think they have way more to offer on offense, and I think they'll be more effective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anything to add before we move on? Uh, I just feel for Rivera. I mean, like he took this job, obviously he did lead him to the playoffs a couple of years ago, but man, this is not, this ain't it, man. This is not the organization to be in. So I hope, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope whatever happens and if this year doesn't go well, I hope whatever ends up happening to him, he goes to a better staff because he deserves it. I I'm always, I'm always going to be in Ron Rivera's corner. Yeah. Um, he I'm was, for him. He, he's, he, he, I'm rooting for him, but yeah, this is, this, <laughs> this ain't it chief. No, this ain't it. Yep. Uh, all right. Montezuma special 49ers at bears 49ers minus seven over under 41 and a half. What'd you got? Oh God. Um, all right. So over under, uh, number of sacks feels encouraged <laughs> this game. Cause I'm, I'm putting it at four and a half off the, off the bat. I'm already putting it at four and a half. Cause good Lord, this is one of the worst matchups you could have as, as a bears fan. Uh, this is, I mean, he'll get out of stuff, but he is going to be harassed this game. He is going to be cha- He's going to be yeah. running for his life. I, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Look, um, the 49ers have something to prove. They're wheeling out the new offense. I think, you know, I don't think Lance does too much in this game. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Lance will throw maybe 15, 16 passes. Yeah. I know that's conservative, but I really don't think they have to do that much because it's the bears. Yeah. Like they really don't have to really put much effort into this game. I, I just, I think this is going to be such an ugly game. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of defense. Um, yep. Yeah. This one, I definitely feel the under on because I don't think the, oh, four, yeah. I think the Warriors know they don't have to score that much and they can just kind of toy around with the bears yep. and the bears are just going to be so inept. Like they'll barely, I, I, I hesitate. They say they score 10 points. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of IU and a lot of uh Trey Lance goal line rushing, uh, I, I don't yeah. see a lot of high scoring. It's going to be a lot of choking with the run game, which is what the 49ers are effective at. Um, I like, I like the 49ers to cover this seven. I love the under, um, it's just, you know, I feel like, I feel like the bears are literally trying to David Carr, at Justin Fields career. And if I were fields, I would really try to, I would really think about trying to get out of there. Honestly. They're they're mm. gonna ruin his career, and not that to begin with. I thought he was going to be this game changer or anything like that. But he's clearly a talented guy. He's got a lot of skills. He's a skilled player. But this is not. They're not gonna help his development at all. No. I think. I don't no. think they're gonna do anything to further his career or his potential. And I would just hate to see that get David Card. So, um, I see the Forty ers You know, not letting uh, Trey Lance ruin the game for him, let him manage it, let him get in the end zone, get his confidence up slowly but surely, and just let the guys around him help him out. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, I mean, for, for every for every Herbert, there's a Justin Fields where you just don't put people around him. And right. it's like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. No, exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Colts of Texans, Colts minus eight over under 46. I'll go ahead and just be quick about it. Colts cover, and I like the under. Uh, Texas are in the business of getting the first pick this year. So that's where we're at. Well, in the sake of interest for having Brandon cooks on my fantasy team, uh, look, okay. I, uh, look, call me crazy. 
I think the Texans actually are going to make this a lot closer than people think in the first game. I think they're going to try really hard the first week. Do they try mm-hmm. hard the rest of the season? We'll see. I think they're actually going to play their asses off this game. I think they cover, and I'm taking the over. Oh. I think this is going to be an absolutely wild game, the first game. I think the Colts are really good, and I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the division ultimately because it's such oh. a weak. <laughs> this is such a weak division, but. I see this Texans team giving them a lot of trouble this first week. I don't know why, but like, I feel like this is going to be some weird, there's going to be some weird voodoo stuff going on in this game. So I, I feel like this is actually going to be Texans covering. I can't believe I'm saying that, but like there's some weird, I, I'm getting some weird vibes from this. Hmm. I like the cut of your jib. Week mm-hmm. three Texans at bears. Is this, is this the game that decides who gets the first overall pick? And could I interest you, sir, in finding a prop bet for who gets the first overall pick after this game or during this game? <laughs> Maybe during it. Um, yeah, we, we got to find that, man. I, I could be enticed. Okay, okay. All right, we'll circle back to that later. Moving on, Giants at Titans. Titans minus five and a half over under 43 and a half. What you got? Uh this is an ugly matchup for the giants. Uh, I like, Brian, I, I, I like I'm a, in a, in a matchup between two, two, uh, enormous figures, giants and Titans. Uh, I'm going with the Titans because <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's just a kind of funny, mu- I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. that kind of matches up actually yeah, thematically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think, I think, um, in this case, I'm going to take the Titans just because look, Mike Rabel's tried and true. He's going to do some good things in this game. I think they're going to have a good game plan. I like Brian Dable a lot. I really do. But this is not the matchup to have and coming out of the gate. Um, Frambel, I think, is going to do the same thing to that Belichick does to rookie head coaches where yeah. he's just going to be able to out-scheme them. I mean, look, Frambel is such a good game planner. I really believe in him. Uh, Derrick Henry's coming back. That's that can only do That can only do good things for you. Uh, post AJ Brown Titans is going to be interesting, but I do like some of the weapons they have. Uh, Traylon Burks is really intriguing. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to hassle Daniel Jones. And I think this is going to be a really easy win for the Titans. I think they cover and yeah, I'm taking the under. Uh, I don't think the Giants score that much this game. Yeah. Full agreement. I think this is going to be a brutal watch, but it's going to be Titans football through and through. So, yeah. And you and I were in the, we're definitely in the Mike Rabel church. So we've been on that island mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one, Andrew. Monday night, Broncos at the Sea Chickens. Broncos minus six and a half over under 43. What you got? Let's ride, Broncos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go donkeys. <laughs> um, look, I, I mean, look, we this this is the slaughterhouse. Like this was the national nationally televised slaughterhouse that we were all given. It was basically the Russell Wilson show. Um, I think, and I don't think Russell Willie will do much this game. Actually. I think he'll have a moderately good uh, stat line. I, I think they're going to run the ball a ton. I think Melvin Gordon and, and, um, Javante Williams are going to be really, really good yep. this game. Yep. Um, I mean, this is going to be a romp. This is not, I think, I think the Seahawks are going to look pathetic. Even I know it's at home, but like, man, uh, this, this, uh, this is the other team that's in the running for the number one pick. I mean, th- it's really close between mm-hmm. them, the Texans and the bears. Like they're, they're, they're like neck and neck for that title. I think this, the, I would almost say that the Seahawks are my, my, my betting pick for 
the number one pick, but I could be, I don't know. I have to think about it a little bit more, but this is not going to be fun. No, oh, no, not at all. I mean, and look, I think you and I are both, you know, an agreement on, I don't think we're that high in the Broncos. We think the, the Russell Wilson hype is a little high and we're fans of his, but I think he's going to be pretty limited this year. We'll see. And last year, you know, paid off for us greatly that, you know, they were our smoke show, right? Smoke, greatest smoke show on the gridiron, but they are playing over the Hill Carroll and Geno Smith, a quarterback. So I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I like the Broncos here and I like the under for sure. I just think there's mm-hmm. Seattle's going to struggle to score. Well, Andrew, that was our week one lines, man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, that was, that was pretty fun. I'm glad we got back into it. Uh, before we leave, do you want to hear my prop bets for yes. this season? Let's go ahead and finish okay. out on Andrew's prop bets. Okay. So this is a tradition I've had for the last three years with my, my buddy, Zach, um, whoever's one has had the other person visit them in their hometown. So two years ago, he visited me in San Diego. This year I went up to Fairbanks, Alaska and went up there based on the prop bet we had last year. We haven't decided what the, the wager is this year, but, um, what is interesting is that it has become, I think even more zany than last year's. So let me give it to you. So this is all based on different categories. So first category, most wins. This is teams wins. Uh, he picked the Giants. I picked the Lions. So that's why I was going for that Lions pick earlier because I really believe in Dan Campbell, and I like the Giants. Or sorry, I like the Lions a lot. He likes the Giants for various reasons. Um, <laughs> what are those? Uh, he, I think he's a big Kadarius Tony fan, and I like him too. But I just do not trust Daniel Jones at all. So I, that's that's my biggest thing. I, I was like, I can't do it. I can't. I can't trust the Giants. I can't tr- trust this iteration of the Giants organization. I can't. Yeah. Um, and that's saying a lot that I'm taking the Lions over you. That's saying that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that's one of them. Uh, the other one. So better season. So this is quarterbacks. He picked Marcus Mariota. I picked Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I think he's yeah, going to win that it, one. He look in theory he should, and as a guy who's supposed to support Mariota, it seems very heinous. I don't know why, but I just feel like Mitch is going to given be given so much help in Pittsburgh that it's going to he's not going to get. My thing is I had to think about okay who's going to get benched first, and I'm really worried about um, about the situation behind Mariota. I think they really like. Um, Ritter and I think they're going to have him start at some point during the season. It was just more of a matter of who do I think starts first. And I personally felt that Pickett was going to start later. So that's just kind of where I'm at on that situation. Also, I hate to say it. Mariota does get hurt sometimes. So sometimes I had to consider that. <laughs> that, that is a tough um, one though. Cause here's the thing. I, if, Mar- if Mariota doesn't get hurt, I do think he outlasts Mitch, but then I think Mariota's going to get hurt. So that's a tough one. That's you see? A, yeah. yeah it's a, it's, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that. That's a coin flip. That, that's, um, that's definitely uh, uh leave the wheel to Jesus kind of kind of pick there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Here's mine. This is the one that's going to have you pulling out your pitchfork, Seb. Um, most wins. He took the Raiders. I took the Dolphins. Wow. And my, argu- and my, wow. Argument, <laughs> and my argument was I said – I, d- I think the better McDaniels is on the East Coast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if that tells you where I'm at with Josh McDaniels, I don't know. Wow. What, well, uh, 
Yeah. And again, some of this is really silly. I'll be honest. Like some of it, I'm just like, yeah, why not? Also, there's three more categories left. I just wanted to warn you. So that was the third one. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Uh, so, so let's, let, I want to keep going. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So, uh, better season wide receivers. Uh, he said Kadarius, Tony, I said, George Pickens, uh, I'm buying the, the Pickens hype. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, and if I think Trubisky is going to last longer then I have to think that Pickens is going to be there too. I think he's uh-huh. going to, so I got, it's kind of a package deal. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> now this one's really interesting. Most interceptions. So we both picked two guys for most interceptions combined, uh, for cornerbacks. So guys who are going to get interceptions, he picked AJ Terrell and Patrick Sertain. I picked Xavier Howard and Jeff Okuda. Ooh, I like yours. Yeah. I like, well, Xavier is a, is a vacuum. He just, he, 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 he's a ball hawk. Okuda, you know, we'll have to see cause it's his first full season after being injured. So we'll have to see what happens, but I, I think he's going to have a bounce back here. Uh, I love Sertain and I like Terrell a lot. I think, I don't know if they get as many interceptions. So that's kind of why I felt good about my picks, but it'll be interesting to see with that one. So that's most interceptions. And then the last one, which again is going to have you pulling out your pitchfork on me. Um, <laughs> Most interceptions by a quarterback. Oh, he no. took Justin. He took Justin Fields. He said car. I, took their, I said car. What? <laughs> Look, I think Carr's going to throw a lot more this year. It's just pure volume. I think he's going to throw more picks. Now, I think he's going to throw more touchdowns too, but I think he's going to do both because he's going to be like, oh, we have to throw more times because there's going to be so many shootouts. I don't think they're going to run the ball as much as they want to. As much as they want to run the ball, I don't think they're going to have a choice. I think he's mm. going to have to throw more. And I think he's going to okay. want to take shots with Adams. I think he's going to want to be like, hey, I have this new guy. Let's do this. And it's. I think Carr will have improved stats as far as like across the board. I think he'll have more passing yards. I think he'll have more touchdowns. But I also think he'll throw more picks. But how how I many think, picks? I, I also th- I, um, let's see. He threw 14 last year. 12. I could see him throwing like – 15 oh, no, or 16 14 so okay I, that's not I, crazy the, the, the thing with fields is that i think he's gonna get hurt and that's why i didn't feel good about picking him because like he is gonna throw it but i also think he's just gonna get blasted so that was kind of my my other argument was like well Carr's gonna stay healthy somehow like he'll be in there he'll throw i he'll actually throw don't hate ball. it i actually kind of like this yeah. pick i think you'll win that one because i don't think fields is gonna get the i think he's gonna be throwing it away so goddamn much that he won't even have a choice to chance to get it intercepted. Uh, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, if you're talking 16 interceptions, that makes more sense to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. I, I don't, yeah. I don't I, hate it. I think that's actually yeah. pretty fair. I think, I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to throw more interceptions these days because you're going to have more pass attempts. You're going to have yeah. more chances. I mean, Herbert threw 15 last year. Like he's going to throw, you know, probably about the same this year because it's just pure volume of passing. I think that's just, what's going to happen. So it's not something like saying, Oh, Carr's going to have a terrible season. No, I actually think Carr's going to have a very good season. I think he's just going to be emboldened to take more chances and yeah. also have, have, have an opportunity to play more. I mean, it's going to be shootouts with this, this division too. Like there's just going to be more passing. Like that's just going to happen. So mm-hmm. I actually think, but that's kind of how I feel. So I know on paper, it's like, I, I am I'm picking against him, but I also think he's going to have improved stats on other, other categories too. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a really interesting prop bet. So again, I don't know what the the wager is yet. I have to talk to him about it, but we'll find out. You got to have to report to us what that wager is when you guys finally decide. Uh, yeah. 
All right, Andrew, thank you so much for week one. I'll see you on, uh, I'll see you Thursday night, actually. And uh, we'll, we'll pot again probably a week from today. Yeah, it'll be exciting, man. Can't wait. All right, buddy. See you later. Later. Later.